CCR number 93 for January 6th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by PanthersFans.com. Cats fans, get your Carolina Panthers fix with all the guys and gals over at PanthersFans.com. Stay up to date with all the latest news, transactions, and discussions only at PanthersFans.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLong going Steve Smith, left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, the offseason has arrived. We'll speak to Ross Tucker of SI.com to get his input. Charlotte Observer columnist Tom Sorensen joins us to give us the lowdown. Panthers podcaster Sarah Webster is with us. Nick Yeoman provides the fans' perspective. And we have a recap of the victory over the Saints. Carnage the motion, man. Little wiggle to the right. Now it's a running play. Jonathan Stewart, middle busy, kicks it right. He's in the clear. 50. Down the far sideline, 40. He's to the 30, May score. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! <laughs> Jonathan Stewart! He's a kick. So here comes Jared Hartley to attempt a 35-yard field goal. And this one is good. Panthers 7, Saints 3, Carolina driving, 20 seconds to go in the half. All-out blitz coming by the Saints. Moore picks it up. Jared in stride. Caught. Touchdown. What a throw. Reese Lloyd runs up and hits it hard. It's Roby at the one-yard line. 5, 10, 15, going left side. 20, hit, and fumbles the ball. Picks it up, though. Now fumbles it again. He re-fumbled it. Charlie Martin and company scrapping in there for Panther football with five seconds to go in the half. Unbelievable play. This will be a 41-yarder from the right hash. Left footed John Casey takes a deep breath, stares at the Jason Baker spot. Kick is away. It's a driver. It's got potential, and it is good. Casey from out of the Baker hold. This will be a 39-yard attempt. Casey boots it. He's looking at it. The crowd likes it. And for good reason, he's got it. With a tight end on each side. It's a slant. Meacham caught over the middle. Meacham 20-yard line. Foul. Foul ball. Panthers have it at the 27-yard line. Whoa. Richard Marshall. Baker ready. Casey ready. Snap. Spot. Kick begins its climb, and it's end over end, and it is good. Third and one officially. Hamilton gets the call again, and this time he is into the end zone. Left side, broke a couple of tackles, walked into the end zone, and the Saints finally have a touchdown to show for their efforts. So the Panthers win the football game to put an 8-8 eight and eight in the books after some much-publicized struggles earlier in the year. Now, bubble your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. The season of the good, the bad, and the ugly has come to an end. Welcome to another edition of Cad Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. The Carolina Panthers closed out the 2009 season with an 8-8 record. No playoffs, no winning record for a second consecutive season for the first time in team history, but not a losing record either. New Orleans started Mark Brunel in order to rest Drew Brees for the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Panthers countered with a solid start on the ground and some good play from Matt Moore at quarterback. Well, it all added up to a 23-10 victory. With the season over, the stats are complete. 
though we all know that stats are for losers. The Carolina Panthers not only become the sixth team in league history with two running backs to top the 1,000-yard mark in the same season, but also the first team to have two backs with 1,100 yards. Oddly enough, D'Angelo Williams is no longer the team's leading rusher, finishing with 1,117 yards, 16 yards behind Jonathan Stewart. Yet it's Williams who will be playing in the Pro Bowl one week prior to the Super Bowl. Julius Peppers ended his season of discontent with 10.5 sacks, 42 tackles, 2 interceptions, a touchdown, 5 passes defensed, and 5 forced fumbles, all for the low, low price of 1 million bucks per game. The offense ended the season ranked 19th in the league overall, 3rd in rushing, and 27th in passing. The defense was 8th overall, 4th versus the pass, and 22nd versus the run. The most important stats. No playoffs. A third-place finish in the NFC South behind New Orleans and Atlanta, and five games ahead of Tampa Bay. So, with the season coming to an end, let's check in to see how the fans are feeling. Hello! Hello! It's time for Panthers fans to sound off. As uh, as the world's biggest Matt Moore fan, I definitely got to say that I'm uh, looking forward to next year. I feel like he's earned his spot as a uh, as a starter. Uh, I feel like he does things well that Jake doesn't do, and that is uh, stepping into the throw, moving in the pocket well, um, checking off receivers, and not throwing it to the opposite team. Um, those three things that uh, we needed our quarterback to do. Matt Moore does them effectively. Granted that uh, he's not the official, in quotations, leader of the team. Uh, he soon will be, and I'm excited about this era. Um, big ups to my boy Nick Yeoman. Later. Hey, guys, it's K7 Roger. Uh, glad we won, man, 8-8. Eight and eight. That's not as bad as it could have been. But uh, we kind of finished the game. If, if, if the Saints would have had their starters in and this was a real game, Fox would have probably played the second half the same way. Running a running back, third and seven, third and seven, run, 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 run. We would have lost that game if that was a real game. We were not playing the third string Saints players. Uh, Jim Zorn gets fired from the Redskins, handles it with class. Uh, John Fox doesn't get an extension for his uh, contract. Packs like a child. Well, anyway, have a good day. Bye-bye. We appreciate your calls, as always. It's great to hear from all of you each week. With no wins and losses to talk about, we're going to open up the CCR hotline for each show during the offseason with a question of the week. Nothing fancy to start us off either. Here it is. Will Julius Peppers be back with the Panthers next season? Do you want him back? It's sort of a two-part question, I know, but it is what it is. Pick up that phone and call us. Pep or no Pep? That is the question. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673 and leave us a message. No matter how many calls we get, we'll use them all right here on the show next week. Call us at 206-350-9673. You know, again, it's a pretty competitive business. You do get criticized and uh, nobody comes rescues you. You know, you get the, dealt the hand you got and... You know, you keep fighting, and uh, our guys did. So it's uh, it's not real hard. They're competitive people by nature. We've got good guys. Uh, so you know, I'd rather than get into every little thing I say, because uh, it's 
pretty private, but you know they uh, they kept they kept swinging their sword. It's time once again for the Panther preview. The coach did not so much. He um he, after that game he didn't sound like the same old John Fox. Uh, very non-committal. We don't know how this thing might go. So yes, for one more week we're gonna call this the Panther preview. And joining us for that is Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman. What's going on, John? Season's over. It's a little depressing, especially as well as the as well as the Panthers close the season out. It's too bad that football's done for uh, the Carolinas. I know, and it's it is a sad thing. We can we can take a little bit of solace in the fact that the team closed strong. Whether we were playing against the Vikings and a team that quit, or the Giants, or the Saints. But we can always say, and this is one thing, they, they can't take this away from us. We wound up with two 1,100-yard rushers on the same team. That's NFL history, baby. That's history. Yeah, well, and that was, it's fantastic. I mean, I know stats are for losers, and, and I'm not even really a big stat guy. I mean, all I really care about is, is going out and, and, and wanting to see the team get the W, and then obviously they won just as many games as they lost this year. But that is something to be proud of, the way D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart run, ran this year. Uh, it's something to go down in history, to be the only t- uh, back, the only tandem to, to put up numbers like that. It's something special, and I think it's it's something that Panthers fans really have to cherish because how often are you going to have two premier running backs? I mean, I think Jonathan Stewart has proven that he is a premier running back in this league, and, and how often are you going to have two guys – that are capable of running for 1,100 yards in one season. When they're splitting carries, it's uh, it's something special, and it's something that the Panthers fans, you can be proud of the way the, the team closed the season, and you should be proud of the way those running backs and you know the makeshift offensive line performed down the stretch as well. One guy that, <laughs> and the odd thing is, I mean, during training camp, he says, oh, the light went on. You know, I've got it now. It's, um, you know, things are looking great. I, I know what I'm doing. And then, disappears and that's Dwayne Jarrett he waits until well week 17 and he starts looking pretty good he he had a decent game against the Saints is that a sign of life or is that just a flash in the pan you know I I think I'm leaning more towards it's just a flash in the pan I mean I understand that that you know he had a rocky start and, and wide receiver is a tough spot for players to come out of college and to pick up the game quickly and make an impact. But, you know, you look at who he was playing against. He was playing against some second stringers in a game that, that meant really nothing to New Orleans. Uh, I just, I don't see it. I mean, to have one touchdown catch in three years in the NFL when he had 40-plus in three years at USC is just a little mind-boggling. So uh, I, I've been ready to write it off as a bust. You know, maybe he's, he's showing something that gives you some new life. Maybe he can stick around and, and, and maybe Matt Moore or maybe there's some chemistry there that these guys can work out. But I would probably lean toward it's just a flash in the pan. I mean, one game in three years isn't enough to make me go ahead and jump and say this guy could be a premier number two receiver for this team. I know I kind of hinted at this before, but, you know, you close the season against the Vikings, the Giants, and the Saints. At least two of those teams had shut it down, one maybe unintentionally. How many of those are just sort of, I mean, were those gifted to us? Or did the team, I mean, how much of that did they earn, in your opinion? Well, I think, I 
I'm leaning more towards two of them. I, I think the Giants win. The Giants had something to play for. I think that they had I mean, they had a playoff berth uh, that was in their grasp. They could see it, and they just didn't take advantage of it. And I think you gotta you gotta credit the Panthers to the way that they played. They shut the Giants down, and uh, and the Giants are the type of team that you know what? Once you punch them in the mouth and you and you sit them in that corner, they're not going to get up. And it showed, you know, the following week uh, when they were just absolutely destroyed by Minnesota. So I'm going to give the Panthers credit for that one, and obviously you got to give the Panthers credit for the Minnesota win. But this New Orleans win, you know, facing Mark Brunel, facing Mike Bell, a lot of these backups. Like we, we, you know, we talked about it last week. Coming in, this would probably be an empty win, and I think that's that's kind of the feeling I have after the victory of the Saints. So I'll give them credit for two out of three. But hey, three wins down the stretch, you can't complain about that. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. Very first game in history, the Panthers play the Jaguars in the Hall of Fame game. Who's the quarterback for the Jaguars? Mark Brunel. So, I mean, how long? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> how long has this cat been in the league? Good lord. Let's grade the team. Uh, give the defense a grade for this Saints game. You know, the Saints game for the defense, it, it's kind of like, you know, in high school where you have that fluff class. It's like the athletes playing uh, or taking gym class, you know. Do you get an A, but it doesn't, re- doesn't really mean anything. I mean, you're kind of supposed to get that grade. So I'll give the defense an A. Really, it was probably more of a B performance because they weren't playing against elite NFL players. So I'll give them an A, but, you know, it's kind of one of those maybe you shouldn't be too proud of shutting down Mark Burnell. And then let's grade the offense. The offense, I'll give a B, a solid B, I thought, for the first half. They played really well. Kind of shut it down in the second half. Didn't have to do much because they had a nice lead. But uh, still, Jonathan Stewart had a great game. You mentioned Dwayne Jarrett. We saw Moose and Muhammad. If this is his last game as a Panther, certainly went out with a bang because he was catching everything thrown his way. And, and of course, Brad Hoover's another player that you know a lot of people wonder about whether it was his last game. And he was getting uh, the ball in many carries as well. So the offense, pretty good performance. I'll give him a solid B. Even old Hoove with uh, with with Wildcat carry, which was which was real interesting. But if we can get you to stick around, do uh, maybe a Boomer bust, some pick'em, maybe another uh, another look ahead. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, John, because I still got to sit here and think. You mentioned the, the Brad Hoover Wildcat run. I got to figure out the Brad Hoover third nine draw play. So, yeah, I'll stick around and talk <laughs> with you some more. All right. In just a little bit, we'll be talking to Sarah Webster. She uh, actually runs a podcast of her own called uh, Cardiac Cats. We'll talk to Ross Tucker, Tom Sorensen. But in just a minute, Nick and I are going to look ahead to what could be a really entertaining, maybe the most entertaining offseason in Panthers history. The biggest, baddest Carolina Panthers podcast on the planet will return. More CCR next. We will, we will rock you. All-star fans, all-star content. Insider.com is a sports network where diehard fans dish out nonstop sports news and views. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Fandom has no offseason, and neither do we. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. It's time once again for the game that is sweeping the nation. It's time for Boomer Bust, and joining us to play the game... It's Nick Yeoman. Nick, are you ready to play the game? I am ready to play the game, John. We will start this playoff edition of Boomer Bust with Ray Rice versus the Patriots. This is really Ray Rice. 
it's his time to shine. I think in the playoffs, many times you, you panic, you try too hard to bust that big play through the air. But I think Baltimore State's consistent. I think they're going to feed Ray Rice the football. And I think he'll boom this Sunday on the road against the Patriots. If the rumors are true, he may not play with broken ribs, maybe a broken finger, but maybe, question mark, Tom Brady versus the Ravens. Oh, Tom Brady's going to play. I, I don't think there's any doubt this guy will tough it out. I am a little concerned, though, that the loss of Wes Welker could hurt Tom Brady's chances of booming. But I look at the positives. I mean, New England, they're now going to need a new game plan that Baltimore won't have film on. And nobody gets more out of less than Brady and Belichick. I think Brady hooks up with some of the lesser-known guys, maybe Julian Edelman, and I think he booms. Thomas Jones versus the Bengals. I see Cincinnati's defense playing much better against the run than they did last Sunday. I know the loss of Ray Maluga hurt, but I feel a little extra attention towards stopping the run will be exactly what the Bengals need to slow down Thomas Jones. I think he's a bust. Joe Flacco versus the Patriots. I know that Joe Flacco showed nerves of steel last year as a rookie leading the Ravens to the AFC title game, but I'm just not a real believer in his ability to make big plays in the big games. The Patriots are great at home, and that defense is going to make Flacco look like a bust this weekend. Chad Ochocinco versus the Jets. I think Darrell Revis tweeted, you know, something like Chad went to Revis Island and disappeared. I mean, Revis can absolutely shut down wide receivers. He's going to be matched up on Ocho Cinco, and I think he'll do the same in the playoffs as he did in that last week game. I think Chad's a bust. Donovan McNabb versus the Cowboys. Well, Donovan McNabb has to shake off last week's last loss to Dallas for the NFC title or NFC East title, but that's going to be tough. A big reason is that the Eagles have had to deal with losing their starting center. The playoffs. However, are when the Eagles and Donovan McNabb take their play to another level, I expect McNabb to shake off that poor performance last week and boom in Big D. Larry Fitzgerald versus the Packers. Well, last year, of course, there was nobody that could cover Larry Fitzgerald in the playoffs. I mean, nobody. But I think Green Bay may have the answer. Dom Capers, former Panthers coach, his 3-4 defense will give Kurt Warner troubles. And the great players that the Pack have in that secondary, I think they're going to force Larry Fitzgerald to bust. It's risky because that cat can play, but I think Larry Fitzgerald's a bust. Tony Romo versus the Eagles. You know, I know that Tony Romo and the Cowboys shook off that whole December trouble thing by finishing the regular season strong, but I'm just not sold on Romo as a boom in the playoffs just yet. Maybe he'll prove myself and the rest of the doubters wrong, but I'm going to say bust for Romo. Ryan Grant versus the Cardinals. We all know how good the Green Bay defense is, but that offense has been playing pretty well, too, down the stretch. Aaron Rodgers has been great, and I expect the running game with Ryan Grant to be successful against the Cardinals as well. I think Ryan Grant's a boom on the road. And finally, Deshaun Jackson versus the Cowboys. Well, if the Eagles want to win this game, they have to get better play from Jackson than they did last week. His big playability can change games. He's a big-time player, and of course, you know what they say, big-time players make those big-time plays. In big games, I think Deshaun Jackson is a boom. He's going to show up big against the Cowboys. Well, as always, we do appreciate you playing the game with us, Nick. Hey, thanks, John. We want to know what's on your mind. Send us an email at catcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to more CCR. Welcome back to the Panther Preview. Yes, we're still calling it that at least for one more week. And there are things to preview. So, we'll look ahead now. Let's just uh, let's take a little time out. Let's look ahead to what could happen this winter and this spring because it could get real interesting. Okay, Nick, I'm going to ask you first things first. For this team, in your opinion, 
biggest area of concern? The biggest area of concern, are you talking as far as like personnel, which is like positions? Sure. Yeah, I would say it would be the wide receiver position. I mean, Steve Smith, if he gets there, if he gets hurt next year, I mean, we saw it late in the season, he got the broken arm in week 16, and that really didn't hurt the team's chances. But if Steve Smith goes down and Moosin Muhammad's not back or he starts looking his age, um, then, then Matt Moore or whoever's playing quarterback, there's nobody to throw to. And I think this Panthers team, they've got the running game set up. They've got a big, you know, beefy offensive line that when they're healthy, we've seen they've got some guys like Jeff Schwartz and, and Bernardo that can provide some depth. They can run the football. There's no mistake about it. You know, the defense has been solid, but you got to have a solid passing game. And if you do have that quarterback of the future and Matt Moore, you got to get him some guys to throw to. He's got some nice tight ends. He's got Steve Smith, but I, I, they have to go out there and find a potential long-term number two and number three wide receiver. So I think the wide receiver spot is something the Panthers certainly have to address in the offseason. The draft. April, it's coming, and it'll be here before we can even, you know, get ourselves situated. So, is there a player? We're going to pick somewhere around 44, 45, uh, unless we trade a player away, which we hope we don't do. Is there a player you like in this draft? Uh, no, not really. I mean, not at the at the 40 spot, you know, late there in the middle of the second round where we're picking. I mean, I know a lot of people are, are shouting they want to see a quarterback, but at the same time, I don't know if there's a lot of great quarterback names out there. So I don't know if there's one player. Uh, there's a lot of fantastic wide receivers, though, and if there's one available, I think that's where you have to go uh, with that first second round pick. But I think you and I can agree. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see the Panthers make a move to trade back up into the first round and give away next year's first round pick. I don't want to see them trading any players that they have on this roster already uh, that, that have been making plays to move around. I think you just sit at your 40 spot or 42 spot, wherever it's going to be, and I think you probably take the best wide receiver that's available. I know there are no games this weekend for us. Our season is over, but we can still make a few predictions. I'm going to ask you to tell me what you think. In, uh, for, well, make three predictions for me, and you tell us what you think. We'll start you off with this. Fox stays or goes? John Fox is going to be around. I think he will be back next year. Uh, you know, he's going to be making a lot of money. And I know there's been some talks that he could, you know, test his options out. Buffalo's got an opening. I think Cleveland's probably going to have an opening. Uh, we'll see what happens with Tampa Bay and Seattle and some of these other these other teams. But I just don't see John Fox leaving. I think that's a big payday. I think he's got he's got the, the team that he wants is in place. And if he can get them motivated to bounce back and with the schedule that the Panthers are going to have, this team is certainly capable. And it's kind of scary to say that because, you know, we never know what this Panthers team is truly capable of. But they've got the personnel to win 10 or 11 games next year and if you have John Fox back and he's motivated coaching in that last year I think he can get the job done so I think John Fox is back next year on the Panthers sideline we'll get you to make one more prediction on a stay or go if you will and that's on Julius Peppers back or is he gone you know, I, I think this this may surprise some people, but I actually think that the Panthers will let Julius Peppers go. I mean, I know that he is a he's a franchise player. He, you know, one in a million. You're not going to find defensive ends like him very often. But at the same time, if if Julius is going to put himself ahead of the team, and, and by by saying that, I mean that making himself the highest paid defensive player in the league. I think that's a problem. I think you can take that money that you're going to give to Julius Peppers, and you can bring in a starting caliber defensive end. You can. Sure up that defensive 
defensive tackle spot. You can get a linebacker, a cornerback. You can address a bunch of different other positions with the money that you'd be paying Julius Peppers. I think having the highest-paid defensive player on your team is not something to be proud of. And uh, if Julius wants to break the bank, I think you got to let him go. It's too risky to try that sign-and-trade thing. If he wants to be here in Carolina and he wants to win in Charlotte, then I think that means that he'd want to you know, scale down the contract and help this team win. I just don't see it. The feeling I'm getting is that he's going to want to get a monster contract. And my prediction is the Panthers let Julius Peppers walk. I'm kind of leaning toward him staying if there's no cap. Maybe they feel like they can spend the money on him, but... That one, that one could get interesting. He wants to take a week, or he said a few days, before he says anything about it. So we'll give Julius time if he decides he wants to talk. Finally, one prediction on the draft. Does this team, and we've always gone defense. It's like defense is our thing in the draft. Do we finally take a quarterback somewhere in the 2010 draft? You know, I, it's, it's the hot topic. I know Panthers fans all over the place are screaming, draft the quarterback. you got to get a young guy in here. I think they draft the quarterback, but it's not going to be with that second-round pick. It probably won't even be with a third- or fourth-round pick. I think there's too many pressing needs. I think the quarterback situation, as shaky as it was at times this year, I, I kind of like where it's at. I think Matt Moore's a guy you can build around, and you've got a guy you got to keep Jake DeLome around because you're paying him $12 million guaranteed. So uh, you got to keep him around. He's an experienced backup. Do we want him throwing interceptions? Of course not. Uh, but uh, I think there's other places that this team needs to improve before quarterback play. So I think you're probably seeing a guy brought in the fifth or sixth round that uh, maybe you take a chance, maybe it turns out if it doesn't work out, no big deal. It was a fifth or sixth round pick. So I know Panthers fans want us to go out and get a, a top flight quarterback, but I just don't see it happening. And to be honest, I don't think there's a lot of elite quarterbacks in this draft, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I don't want to see Tim Tebow in, in a Panthers uniform. I'm sorry, I hate to you know break that news, but hey, it's just a matter of opinion anyway. And no quarterbacks from Louisville. Thank you. Thank you very much. But April's coming, and of course, the end of February, we've got the start of free agency. Things are just getting started, and we'll keep our eyes on these predictions, and uh, we may have to go back and keep score on ourselves and see how we did. But Nick, uh, if we can get you talked into sticking around for a, a pick'em, maybe a wild card pick'em. Hey, sounds good, John. I'd love to. This is Cat Crave Radio. Joining us once again is a special guest, Ross Tucker, SI.com contributor, Sirius Satellite Radio host, and of course the purveyor over at GoBigRecruiting.com. Ross, a pleasure as always to have you with us. Thanks, John. Happy to be back on Cat Crate. You know, the big story around here these days, well, I guess it's a toss-up. Uh, besides the 8-8 eight and eight season, the struggles of the team, Jake DeLome, Julius Peppers, now it's John Fox. I mean, I don't know. This this doesn't sound like something that Jerry Richardson would do. I know that he's, you know, the the guy's a great businessman. You know, he's got a head on his shoulders for that kind of thing. But this doesn't sound like the normal Jerry Richardson loyalty. Hey, you're welcome back, John, but only for the season. What are the odds that Fox just walks away? I don't think John Fox would walk away unless he had another job lined up. He's scheduled to make $6.5 million this year. That's sizable, and I don't think he's going to walk away and just walk away from that type of money. Now, maybe if the Buffalo Bills or another team out there wanted him, they could work something out with the Carolina Panthers, and I wouldn't be surprised if John Fox's agent is working on that type of deal right now because nobody wants to go into a last year as a, as a lame duck coach, but I, I don't have any problem with what Jerry Richardson's doing. You know, I, I don't think 
you know, Fox has been so poor, you know, last couple of years that he should fire him. But I also don't think he's necessarily earned an extension. He's got a contract. It's what it is. I don't understand why people get all up in arms all the time about this quote-unquote lame duck status. If you think about the fact that 2011 there may be a lockout, Jerry Richardson actually has this thing set up perfectly. You know, give John Fox another year to show what he can do. If it goes well, then give him an extension. If it doesn't go well, then his contract is run out and he's done. Now, you risk the chance that he could become a free agent coach and hit the market, but I think I think that's a chance worth taking. If his agent is out there and quietly shopping him around, which could happen, and and we've you know they're gonna kind of mess around. Maybe this is tampering, and maybe it's not. But if he does walk, let's say that he he steps away from the Panthers, he goes somewhere else. And you and I back in October, I think we talked about maybe two or three guys. We threw out some names, potential replacements. How would you feel about say Russ Grimm, uh, who's with Arizona now, their uh, offensive line coach, or maybe even a Mike McCoy who could come back home. Uh, who's been the offensive coordinator in Denver. How would those names strike you? Well, I like Russ Grimm. I think Russ Grimm's in line to be a head coach and probably pretty soon. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Mike McCoy. I don't know enough about Mike McCoy to tout him as a head coaching candidate. I think there are other guys out there, you know, whether it's Greg Williams or somebody else who even knows the division that might be ready for that step. And obviously there's always Bill Cowher lurking. And so... If John Fox were to leave and Jerry Richardson didn't have to owe him any money as a result, you know maybe then the, the Cowher situation would be rekindled. Okay, now you played the game. You've you've been there. You you know you've I'm sure you've played for different kinds of coaches. And we hear this term thrown around all the time. Somebody will say, "Well, he's really a player's coach." What is the difference? I mean, can you explain to me as a former player? What's the difference between a player's coach and a non-player's coach? Well, a player's coach, it, it, it's all about how they treat the player. So a player's coach, um, I don't want to say that they're buddy-buddy, but, you know, they, they get along with the players. It's not a situation where they're, you know, people are afraid of the coach. You know, now they respect them, but they can have conversations with them. They can get along with them, and it's not a... Um, you know, a dictatorship type of relationship. Maybe more to the point, it's how he treats the players physically. You know, is it a guy who they've got pads on three times a week at the end of the season and he's just beating the players down? Or is it a guy that realizes, look, these guys have been blocking and tackling for years. They know how to do that. And it's more important that they're refreshed and in good shape and feeling healthy for the game on Sunday. You know, a lot of times, you know, People are considered players' coaches when they don't have the guys be as physical uh, during practice. Uh, that's a players' coach. It sounds like a maybe a well, the difference between a John Fox and maybe an Eric Mangini. Then, well, it's 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 a per, it's a it's a couple things. Number one, it's a personality thing, and then number two, it's a how you go about you know running your operation, how you how you treat the players. Both physically and mentally. Are you, are you kind of domineering, or is it more, hey, we're in this together? One guy that, and it is one of the big stories, again, a second off season. I can't believe we're actually going to have to keep bringing his name up, and that's Julius Peppers. But, okay, maybe there's a chance he comes back with this 20% increase. 
comes up with a like a twenty million dollar uh, season, since they they may have the chance here to to sign him with an uncapped year coming if that happens. Do you think that's going to play into it? I mean, do you think they're going to spend the money, lay it out there, and bring it back? Or do you think this is it? I don't think the uncapped year has a lot to do with it because I think everyone assumes that coming back in 2011 there will be some type of cap. So you can't just go crazy with it. Now, maybe you can give them a lot of money up front this year because there's no cap and, and, and likewise no proration. So it all would just hit this year. Um, I don't know. It, it's That's going to be something really, really interesting to watch because, to me, he has a tendency to play his best, you know, towards the end of the season or when he's on national TV. Julius almost appears to me to be like one of those guys that can turn it on and turn it off. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it's turned on enough, if you ask me. So um, I believe that the Carolina Panthers will try to find a way to keep him in, in the building on the team. Because you really, you know, and, and I'd like to see them get something done long term. It just makes too much sense. He's one of their best players. He's from down there. You know, they should be able to work out some type of long term arrangement. I would hope. You and I talked about this last off season, and it's something that it has all of the fans of the team. We pull our hair out every year. It's always one good year followed by mediocre to bad season. Since we've got the alternating good and bad seasons or not so good seasons, how good could 2010 be, even with all the question marks? Well, I, I think certainly there's some encouraging things with the way you finish the season, um, and, and you can build on that going into next year. Obviously, the running game is there, but there's still some holes on this football team. I know Matt Moore did pretty well. Is Matt Moore ready to be a, a 13-3, and 12-4 quarterback? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, those guys are getting a year older, certainly. There's no first-round pick. That's been traded away. So, you know, with the, the you know with the Pepper situation financially and the lack of a first-round pick, I just don't see that many mechanisms by which the Panthers can really get a whole lot better. So I guess the hope would be that they would be healthier next year and that Matt Moore becomes a really, really good quarterback and is able to take them where they want to go. It's going to be tough, though, in that division because Atlanta is only getting better, and New Orleans looks like they're going to be pretty good for a while. Speaking of good teams or great teams, the playoffs are just about to start, so um, I'll give you a chance here if you want to throw out your Super Bowl picks. Well, I started the year with the Chargers and the Packers, and you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. You know, most people don't do that. Now, the Packers seem unlikely, but that's who I picked before the season even started, so I'm going to go with it. The Chargers and the Packers in the Super Bowl. They just ride that right to the end. You know what? I might as well. I mean, there's other teams I could take in the (laughs) NFC. I could say the Vikings or the Saints or the Cardinals or the Eagles or the Cowboys, but to be honest with you, I think the Packers have as good a chance as any of them, so I might as well just stick with my pick from before the season. Well, Ross, again, we do appreciate you taking time to talk to us. I know you've been busy. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Anytime, John. You know that. The CCR Hotline is open all the time. Call and let us know what's on your mind. Call 206-350-9673 and leave a message. That number is 206-350-9673. Cat Crave Radio will return. (laughs) 
can do incredible things. They made every sound in this piece of music. But nothing compares to using them to help save a life. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. It's called hands-only CPR, and it's recommended by the American Heart Association. Visit handsonlycpr.org today. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. It's time once again to pick some games. It's time for the wild card round. Unfortunately, our Panthers are not in it. Joining us to pick some games... It's Mr. Nick Yeoman. Nick, you went uh, 13 and three last week, 175 and 81 for the season, 68 percent. Not so bad. Not too bad at all. 13 and three to close the year. I told you I was going to end with a hot streak, and well, we'll see if it all collapses here in the playoffs. Yeah, you've got very little room for error here in the playoffs. Only four games this week. We start you with. Ravens and Patriots. You know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on rookie Julian Edelman to, to quickly fill that role of Wes Welker, but I think more pressure will be put on the guy that touches the ball every play, and that's Tom Brady. The Patriots, of course, have made the playoffs eight of the last ten years, and one of those years they missed was last year when he was hurt. New England beat Baltimore earlier this year at home, and, and considering this game is in Foxborough, where the Patriots are 8-0, I think they pick up the win. Of course, you know, the Panthers right now at home heading into the playoffs last year, and we all know how that ended. But I just don't see it happening in New England. I think Foxborough is just what the Patriots need, and I think they pick up the win over the Ravens. Jets and Bengals. Well, the Jets absolutely pounded Cincinnati last week in a game that the Bengals showed nothing, and really it meant nothing. You kind of worry that a beating as bad as that could have lasting effects, but I think Carson Palmer is going to be ready to play. The Bengals have to get that running game going. I just don't see Mark Sanchez being able to lead the Jets' offense on numerous scores, which is what they're going to need when the Bengals' defense is playing all out. I'm going to take Cincy in the win, uh, to win this game. They've surprised people all year long, and after a week 17 thumping, I think they're going to surprise people uh, with how meaningless that game was. So I'm going to take the Bengals. Rematch number two, Eagles and Cowboys. Well, it's very hard to beat a team three times in one season, and nobody knows that more than the Dallas Cowboys. In 98, the Cowboys swept the Cardinals in the regular season, only to be beat in the wild card round. Of course, many people remember back in 2007 when the Cowboys swept the Giants, only to have New York beat them in the playoffs and route to a Super Bowl title. I know this is a different Dallas Cowboy team, but you look across the field and you got to remember what that Philadelphia Eagles team did just a year ago. McNabb and the Eagles, they were a playoff, they were playoff road warriors and almost made it to the big game. I think history repeats itself in many ways, and the Eagles pull off the win in Big D. Rematch number three, Packers and Cardinals. Well, this is that, that third rematch of the Week 17 games. I think Cincinnati gave, will give New York a better game. I think Philly's going to give Dallas a much better game. But I just don't see Arizona being good enough to beat the Green Bay Packers. That Packers defense is playing lights out, and they've won seven out of eight games since that inexcusable loss to Tampa Bay. And really, that only loss was when the Steelers pulled a miracle out of their hat. So it makes me nervous to doubt this Arizona Cardinals team because that's what every did last year, but I don't think the Cardinals are healthy enough to pull the same type of runoff. I'm going to take Green Bay. Well, the road to the Super Bowl just started, and we'll continue to keep score. All right, thanks, John. We'll see how these turn out. A great big to Carolina Panthers fans everywhere for making us the most popular Panthers podcast on the planet. Welcome back to Cat Crave Radio. Our guest now is Sarah Webster. Sarah is the host of Cardiac Cats, a podcast which you can find online. She's, uh, well, right now she's in New York and 
she's a an actress. If you got a chance, check out A Beautiful Dead. It's online. You'll see a copy of it there. Uh, Sarah, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> and Sarah, before we got started here, I know you and I talked a little bit about what you've been up to, and you've been sort of on hiatus with your show. And if you would, just kind of tell us what you've been up to and, you know, what your plans are for the coming year. Um, well, the reason I'm not recording the show this year is because I have just recently gotten a new job and I have to work on Sundays sometimes. So it kind of, A, takes up more of my time and B, takes up the time that I need to actually see the games. Um, also, I'm getting married next fall, so I've just started planning all of that. And so most of my free time that I have has kind of been focused on that. So I just didn't feel like I had time to put together the kind of quality show that I wanted to do. So for this year, I'm taking a break, and I'll probably be back next year after the wedding. Well, congratulations on the wedding. That's a great way to start the new year and the new decade. Thank you. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay, i got to ask you about this team. You know, we've, we've all suffered through such a bad season. I mean, finishing up 8-8, eight and eight, maybe that's better than what we thought it would be after, I think there were 5-7 and seven at one point. John Fox may or may not come back. They've opened the door for him to return, but I want to know if you are on, if you lean more toward Fox coming back, or are you on the fire John Fox bandwagon? You know, I like John Fox. The only thing I really disagree with is his decision to continue to play Jake DeLome. I think that if we had pulled Jake DeLome earlier in the season and started playing Matt Moore, that we could have possibly had playoff potential and the fact that we stuck with him for so long when he just clearly couldn't come out of whatever funk he's in was a little bit ridiculous I think that it was we we reached a time like around I'd say game five where we needed to try something new game five or six you know so that I really disagree with but um, I think that a lot of it has to do with loyalty. Although this is the game of football, we're, we're in it to win, not to, you know, be loyal to our friends or to, you know, people that we've worked with for a long time. So that's my only big issue with him. There are times I wish that he would play a little less conservatively as well. But, I mean, it's helped us out in the past. So that is kind of neither here nor there. So, so you're a fan of Matt, Matt Moore. I mean, do you think he is... I mean, do you want to see him starting next year? Do you think he's proven enough that he's capable next year of starting day one and, and being the guy? I thought that they should have started him at the beginning of this season. I remember watching him, and he didn't have that many games. Two years ago when you know we had all the issues when Jake DeLome had to get surgery on his elbow, and then they brought in David Carr and Vinny Testaverde. We had issues with them. Well, Matt Moore played a couple of games at the end of that season, and I liked him then. So at the beginning of this season, I thought we should have started him, at least given him a shot. You know, I never really understood. I mean, now with the Wildcat, what the people, all the teams are doing the Wildcat more often, it's not as unlikely. But so many people want to just stick with their one quarterback. I feel like in a lot of instances – we should treat it almost like they do in baseball. You know, they don't go with the whole with the pitcher the whole time. If the pitcher starts to have a bad game, they pull him and they put somebody else in. I don't feel like it's an insult to that particular person. I feel like Jake should want the team to win. If that's what it needs to, ha- if that's what needs to happen, then do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I wanted them to try more out way early on. I, I liked him more than Josh McCown. I, I wanted them to try him out from the very beginning. 
it's going to be a real odd offseason. I mean, there are probably going to be a lot of changes, but what changes do you want to see the team make? What what would you wish to see as a fan besides at the quarterback position? Well, one thing I think that we've been missing for a long time is I think that it would help us if we picked up like a really good slot receiver, you know, someone who can get a lot of, I mean, we have Steve Smith, but he's way better, you know, doing wide out, you know. If we had somebody like a Wes Welker, I mean, obviously not him, but somebody like him, you know, someone who can get a lot of yards after the catch, I think that that's something that we've been missing for a long time. Now, I think that Musa Muhammad is good, but he's he, how many more years is he really going to play? So we're looking at our only option right now is Steve Smith. I think a wide receiver, someone who's really good, you know, in other areas that, you know, that maybe could complement Steve Smith would be a really great addition to the team. I think we could also do a little bit of work with, um, I don't know, maybe, I, I like the secondary in the defense. I thought that we were doing really well with that. I know we had a lot of injuries in the defense, but maybe get like another really good linebacker or, I don't know. I feel like a big issue with the defense this year has been that they switched so much to keep Peppers there. Um, so that could be just issues with them trying to get used to the new style. So I'm not sure. My, my big thing that I think we should add, though, is a, a new wide receiver. I think that should be our our biggest priority besides quarterback. Well, before we let you go, I'm going to give you one chance. This is this is an opportunity you can, you know, pull out the soapbox, get up there, and say whatever is on your mind about the Panthers. Just let loose. Well. I love the Panthers, so I don't want to say anything <laughs> bad about them. It was a tough season, but you know what? I feel like we finished strong, which was really nice. If you watched that game yesterday, you know we did a lot of really good things. So, and it, I know a lot of people are saying that you know the only reason that we're doing well is all these teams aren't playing their starters, and but there are a lot of things that we did yesterday that had nothing to do with playing your starters. That had to do with us just playing good football. Our defense looked good. We tackled well. We, you know, played really great special teams. So I have confidence in this team for next year. I feel like one of our biggest problems is that we can't have back-to-back winning seasons. So I think that next year is going to be pretty good. It's the year after that that I'm really worried about. I think as long as we stick with Matt Moore, or at least give him a shot, that next year could end up being pretty good. But I love my team, win or lose, so I'm going to. Stick with them regardless. <laughs> yeah, we got to stick with them no matter what happens. Win, lose, draw, exactly. we've, we've got to do it. Well, Sarah, we, um, we, you know, we do appreciate you being with us, and I know you've got a lot going on, uh, the new job, uh, the engagement, and, and your marriage coming up this year, and, and even you know an acting career that you've got going. So we, we appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Oh, it's not a problem at all. I'm glad that I could help out. <laughs> Thanks again, Sarah. Uh, it's nice actually to be able to talk too, because I'm not doing my show this year. So. <laughs> Good. See, this will be something for you to do. You can get the Panthers out of your system a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Sarah. Again, we appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate it too. Thanks. <laughs> we are CCR. We are joined now once again by special guest Tom Sorensen. Of course, we all know him. He's the uh, He's the man over at the Charlotte Observer. Tom, it is great to have you back with us. Always good to be here. Thank you. Tom, there was a... <laughs> I, I love this these days. Everybody's using Twitter. Uh, Bill Voth uh, from WSOC in Charlotte had 
tweeted that it may be possible. The, the Panthers have said they may hold a press conference later this week for John Fox. Do you think that's, is that actually going to happen? Well, I mean, Fox said on his radio show Monday night that uh, he told Mick Mixon on WBT that, um, that he was coming back. So uh, uh, they may have a news conference. They may not. I mean, you know, there's always a, a meeting after the season between the, the people who run the show. You know, it's, uh, and after that, there could be a news conference. But, you know, based on what Fox said to Mick last night, he's, he's definitely back. You know, we've kind of seen something out of Jerry Richardson here since he really got control back of the team after he got, you know, better from his, his health issues. Is this something, I mean, is this a first from Jerry Richardson? I mean, he's, I know he's always been known as a loyal guy. He has stood by John Fox through some uh, some other times that, you know, where maybe fans weren't so crazy about him. But it looks like he's playing a little hardball. Is this a first or is this something that, that finally became public that he actually does play hardball? I think it's just dictated by economics. <clears throat> you know, people are underestimating what happens in the NFL next year. You know, everything changes because right now if you talk to people in management and if you talk to players, you know, there's no give. And there is an issue that's just um, in which the owners are going to demand that the players give back some of the concessions they won in the last round of negotiations. And if the players don't, um, the owner's going to lock them out. And so then you've got teams that are responsible not just for players, but I mean, they've got, you know, you've got a lot of salespeople, PR people, marketing people, people who keep the, the, the plant running. You know, a lot of people making maybe 50 or 70 or 90 or 120 grand a year. And if, if revenues aren't coming in through football, how do you pay them? So I think right now you're going to see owners be a little bit careful with their spending. And the, the Panthers have one of the highest paid coaching staffs in the NFL. Not sure where exactly they're ranked, but I know it's top 10 and it may be top five. And if, if you got the coaching staff, you know, that's a lot, a lot of money you're going to have to be spending. So I think as much as it was the, more than it was the Panthers' fast finish, I think it's just a matter of economics, you know. You know, Fox is solid. Fox has been absolutely solid. And Mike, I, I think he's earned the right to come back. But do you commit to him long term? I, I wouldn't. Not in these really strange NFL economic times. So I, I understand what Richardson's doing. Well, you brought up something that it was a scenario that seems... Well, first of all, it seems interesting, and then in a way it's also kind of scary to, to even have to consider it, but it's a business. It, this is not just about, you know, it's not just about who you like and who you don't like it. You have to run it the way you have to run it. And the scenario you brought up about the team maybe having to consider trading from a position of strength, do you, do you think they would actually think about doing that? No, I mean, I said in the paper, don't, I mean, there's always a theory that you trade, you know, where you have strength, and then obviously it's running back and, and, and linebacker. But I don't think, I just think you need to have, you, you've got two elite backs, and when one of them's hurt, the other one's healthy, and sometimes they're healthy at the same time. And they fit together so well, and, you know, you've never heard a public demand, I want the ball, I want to be number one. I mean, these guys are good friends. You, you saw them personally at camp this summer, they hung out together, and that, you know, that's, that's legit. So I don't think you trade either of those guys. Um, but it will be interesting to see what they do. I mean, how active they are. I think, you know, you're going to need a quarterback. I mean, maybe Matt Moore's the guy, maybe he's not. Maybe Jake bounces back, maybe he doesn't. But you, you need a third guy in there. I'm, I'm a Josh McCown fan. I think McCown can play. So he, he'd be fine with me. 
they may go a, a different route. I don't know. But, you know, you, I, I, I think, and, and I may be alone in this, but I'm almost certain they lose Julius Peppers. And then what do you do there? I mean, who do you bring in? And there's no salary cap, so you can spend what you want to. But, you know, I think I don't think the Panthers are going to spend with just abandon. We've got a lot of interesting things going on. Anyway, there's the John Fox situation, and maybe that saga has played out after his statements the other night. And some of that may be the way he reacted. Maybe that was just a matter of, you know, the fact that his feelings were hurt. Maybe it's, you know, the season's over and he had emotions to deal with. But do you think we're maybe seeing the beginning of what could be one of the more turbulent off-seasons for the team? I don't know. They used to spend so much money. They used to be so active. And um, you've seen them curtailing that. I mean, they've never been cheap. They've always been willing to spend. I'm just not sure. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, when was the last time they had a year without a salary cap? And, you know, will owners flip out? Um, you know, I know that Washington's going to pay Shanahan a bundle, but will they similarly spend a bundle? on? Will somebody go out and just give Pe- Peppers a mega contract? You know, we we don't know. We don't know how, how teams are going to spend. I mean, are they going to all kind of collectively say, hmm, we can't be stupid, or are there going to be some that just can't help themselves and flip out? There's, there's just, you know, is there a Steinbrenner out there? We just, we don't know. Yeah, and Snyder could be that guy, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned the CBA, and I'll, I'll give you a, a statement. You tell me if you agree or disagree. Because of the, the, the lack of a CBA, there's no extension on this, and this is going to be a nasty negotiation potentially, there's a rule in there about the final eight teams, the, the last eight teams standing in the playoffs, and some major restrictions on them getting into free agency and being active. With this team missing the playoffs, would you say that is a blessing in disguise? Nah, no, nah, I just think you, you, if you have a chance to advance, you advance. You know, it's like the little argument about do you, do, do you tank games so you can get a higher draft choice. I just think winning is just in your, you know, it's just beat India from the time you're a kid, and there's so much football talent out there, one of the qualities that, that distinguishes the guys that make it in the NFL is that they're competitive, they want to win. So I think it would be better for everybody if the Panthers had made the playoffs. Okay, and I'll throw you one final statement here. Jake DeLome will not open the season next year as the starter. Well, that's a tough one. Um, I think he, I think he returns as quarterback. Whether we start or not, I don't know. Um, despite what fans think, you know, give the job to Matt Moore, superstar. I think it's it's just going to be competitive. It could be Jake, it could be Matt, it could be um, Josh McCown or whomever the the other quarterback is. Uh, I, I just think talk radio, you always give it yes, no, right, wrong. But in real life, it doesn't work that way, and I just don't know what's going to happen next year with uh, with Jake. Well, Tom, as always, we uh, we appreciate you taking time to, to join us and uh, give us your insights on the team. Good. I always enjoy doing it, and uh, have a good week. The season has come to an end. I suppose we can say it was a merciful ending. Then again, we won't have any Panthers games to watch until September, only eight months away. At least we have minicamp to look forward to this spring. I want to thank Ross Tucker for joining us. Ross can be found at SI.com on Sirius Satellite Radio and at GoBigRecruiting.com. Our thanks to Tom Sorensen for taking time to be with us. Tom's columns are located in the Charlotte Observer, both in print and online. Much appreciation to Sarah Webster. She's on hiatus now, but you'll be able to hear her soon as she returns to her podcast, Cardiac Cats. 
As always, my thanks to Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, you know, without your awesomeness, this show would just not be the same. You can find Nick's Panthers videos at YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. Hey, we've added a newsletter. That's right. We'll be keeping you up to date on all the news on the show, and we'll attempt to keep up with everything that's going on with our Panthers. You can sign up on our website at catgraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link at the top of the page, fill out the quick and easy form, and we'll get you added. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. While you're there, leave us a review. We also have a home at Twitter. You can follow us at twitter.com slash catcraveradio. Follow us, and we promise we'll follow you back. And don't forget the question of the week. We're hoping to hear from all of you. This week's question, will Julius Peppers be back with the Panthers next season? And do you want him back? It's a two-parter. Call us up at 206-350-9673 and leave a message. Do not be shy. Tell us what you think of the big man. The CCR hotline will be open for your calls on this hot topic through Monday, January 11th. That number is 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old name.